Welcome everyone. You are listening to the I Am a Spartan podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show. It will probably suck. <laughs> to another episode of Amos here podcast. On this episode, I talked to my buddy Jason Branham. He did his first 100-mile ultra race uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I wanted to get him on the show and ask him a bunch of questions about it. Not that I'm planning on doing one, but I just thought that it'd be cool to see what it takes to finish one. Here it goes. Jason Branham, what is up, man? Big bunch of nothing, man. Saying just uh, chilling, been recovering, finally starting to get back into the gym and all that good stuff after, uh, you know, putting a hundred plus on my body a couple of weeks ago down in West Virginia. I heard that. So everybody that's listening, if you didn't listen to episode 70 with Ducky in it, you need to go back and listen to that one because... Today, we're going to talk about Jason did a 100-mile trail run because there's not a lot of OCR going on unless you're doing Savage or some local races. So most people are getting into the trail races, and I saw that Ducky went and ran a 100-mile race, and it kind of come out of nowhere. All I saw was is he posted on Facebook or something that he had a bib for a 100-mile race, and I was like, what the hell? I didn't even know he was planning on doing this, and... And, and Ducky's about like me. He'll go do some stupid shit with a little bit of training and a good poker face. So I wanted to hear about this race. <laughs> uh, well, the name of the race it was the, the Rim to River 100. Anyone who's familiar with Spartan uh, would know the area where this was ran. It was ran around the, the New River Gorge, which is in Fayetteville, West Virginia. Uh, about 20 minutes away from Glen Jane. So anyone who knows that West Virginia Spartan race would know how the terrain is in that area. Um, we, Chad and I, uh, Chad Houck, you know, we always go and run around all over the place. Is that how we you say his last name? Yeah, Houck, yeah. I, I thought it was Hoke. Uh, you're close. <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, we discovered uh, a a West Virginia Gazette story on how they were trying to get this race together. I think back in February. Cause this was the first and, time uh, they did this race, correct? Yeah. It was the first race, uh, of a hundred miles ran in West Virginia. They've, they've had like 50 milers and 50 K's and you mm -hmm. know, those distances. But yeah, this was the, the first hundred mile race. Uh, uh, Mr. Bryant who ran the, uh, ran the race man i'm telling you for a covid19 race or whatever i don't think you could have asked for it to be any better organized than what it was yeah yeah the it, everything was just on point all the way from the aid stations to how we started they they had us starting um originally the race was supposed to begin at 6 p.m or 6 a.m., and then COVID-19 happened. Right. So they let um, – there was – only three people didn't start this race, too. So they had 200 
people sign up for it. It was sold out. So it was waves of 20 beginning at 5.45 in the morning, and the last wave went out at 8 a.m. And you had 32 hours to finish. Wow. Uh, to uh, get the, out to Amstead and back. It was kind of like an out and back, but right. not exactly. At the same time, there was a couple of areas where we went out to a couple of points. Um, there's one rock that sits right outside of where the New River Bridge is, and it gives yeah. you a spectacular view of the bridge. It's called Long Point Rock. Yeah, I saw the picture y'all took. So was that about the turnaround point was when y'all got to the bridge? Uh-uh, no. Huh? Once, we, once we got past where that was, we had to take like a little keychain uh, back to where the next aid station was. Um, that way, you know, you prove that you went out and back and all that which was which was fine with me and the only reason why we actually took pictures out there is like are we going to have to carry this for the next 58 miles of this race what huh. if we lose it is we're taking something out of our um our vests or things like that so we ended up uh giving it back to the next uh aid station which was about two more miles away from where long point was and then we actually the next aid station after that was under the new river bridge so there was a a little trail that went all the way down to the bottom it's actually the takeout from where you do like the lower new river at if you're whitewater rafting so yeah that was it was all downhill from right there and then there was another seven mile trek with a two mile uphill out to Amstead, which was on the opposite side of where the bridge is at. Now, I'll tell you what, too, Scotty, that was the longest out and back I think I've ever did in my entire life. Well, it was just I would hope so, since this was your longest race you ever did. <laughs> oh, it was, it was terrible. But, yeah, that, that two-mile uphill, uh, yeah, that was uh, – I mean, it wasn't like it was super steep. But we just were on a steady pace the whole way. That's where people picked up their pacers at. That was mile 55. Wow. So, yeah, that's where you turned around at and then headed back. Um, yeah, you, you head back, man. It, was, it, it wasn't it was that bad. You got back to the bridge. To, to tell you, I saw your uh, post the other day. Y'all had, like, uh, quesadillas and all that during the race. Yeah. They were making cool. those. I tell you, one that I've really fell in love with as far as fuel mashed potatoes yeah you wouldn't think that you know i mean i never thought it but i mean potatoes are all carbs especially the white mashed potatoes yeah man they would hand you a cup of mashed potatoes you talk about like a shot in the arm that would like your body would just feel recharged after you ate like a cup of that stuff it was it was legit i've done some races where they'd have like you know those canned potatoes. You know they're really small and round, and you could just eat those kind of raw like that. Oh yeah, I've been yeah, races yeah. Where they've done that, but not mashed potatoes. But I'd rather eat the mashed potatoes and eat those ones that come out of the can like that. I'd be yeah, down for that. They had all kinds of just like good. They were they were cooking the quesadillas, the mashed potatoes. They were doing pepperoni rolls, which I can't Ooh. really run with something like that on my stomach. Was. I don't know how some people will do it, but they were. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I didn't eat any pepperoni rolls, but I stuck with things that were just a little easy on the tummy. And, uh, yeah, man, it was just a constant just keep going, keep going. The section uh, coming from Canard going back in, which is like the final 20 miles of that. Yeah. Yeah, that was around when the sun was getting ready to come back up. It's down next to the river. 
really frosty. I mean, me being, you know, the bigger guy like I am or whatever, I, I opted just to wear a shirt. Uh, my hands are about froze off, but, you know, as long as you kept moving, it yeah. wasn't bad. So, did, I mean, did you and Chad kind of stick together or were y'all just running at your own pace and kind of just changing up, seeing each other? We stuck together, actually, and um, about mile 92 or 93, you're getting back up in some wooded areas and just crossing, like, some service roads that are on, like, this uh, campsite for uh, Ace Adventures. Uh, that's the, the – Mr. Bryant works for uh, Ace Adventures, right. um, and he, like, had permission to, like, use, like, their – their land to do like a bunch of trail running and stuff up through there and there are trails back in there that i never even knew existed so like we ran like that was where the first part of the extra mileage came in was that little section in the beginning and then that out and back there at long point rock that you didn't have to retrace whenever you were going back in but um yeah we 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 had an awesome time, man. Chad got lost <laughs> about mile ninety three. You know, get back into the story. He uh, he just ran past uh, one of the little places where you were on the service road for maybe a hundred feet, and then all of a sudden um, you ducked back into the woods oh, for a little bit. Like I, you know, I stopped. I didn't really stop, but I mean, like I was at like a crawl pace. I was. I was walking 25 minute miles just to see if he could catch up to me. Yeah. Um, cause he had a little bit of a, a knee issue. I had a little bit of a butt cheek issue <laughs> about, uh, I, my, mine, mine occurred about 20 miles in. It's like, imagine if you're, you know, your, your hips or whatever, or clock go to about nine o'clock to about eight o'clock. And that area of my upper butt cheek, I think it was the performance muscle right. just started acting up like 20 miles in. Like we were coasting in the beginning and then Chad was talking about his knee and I was like, man, my ass hurts. I don't know why, <laughs> but it does. Cause I'd never dealt with that issue before. So yeah, Chad slowed up a little bit, and I, I was walking, hoping he'd catch up, but he never did. And I'm like, well, crap, I want to get this done in under 30 hours. So I kind of picked up my pace a little bit, and I ended up finishing like 29 hours and 44 minutes. The delirium starts to set in. And what was, what was the cutoff? 32. 32? Oh, wow. Y'all was close. Yeah, we were close. I, well, I mean, two like, hours is a long been time. could have a little bit little bit faster i mean chad had to backtrack uh all that uh him getting lost i think he ended up adding like i think he went like a half mile out of his way and had to backtrack that had to be super uh, frustrating oh yeah i mean especially whenever you're that far into a race 93 (laughs) miles you're like wow i gotta i gotta go back another half mile to find where it was that i screwed up at oh man so I think we could have been in that neighborhood of about 28 to 29 had we had not really had our, our little issues to where we had to slow up for a little bit. And like we took our time at some of the aid stations. I really wasn't worried about placement going into this one. I just wanted to learn to new things it. about right. myself. Yeah. I mean, going into it, I mean, you really don't know. I never pushed myself that far before. Mm. Uh, trekking poles, those things are godsends uh, whenever it comes to 
you get tired and you can use them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I say use them if you want to try to uh, just tackle the first one. Right. Definitely uh, pull them out uh, a little bit into the race. You don't need them in the beginning, but yeah. damn, do they help you whenever it comes to. I figured they come in handy like on a really steep uphill and you, you know, probably with that two mile hill you were talking about. I, I bet they come in handy there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the two-mile hill and all that, like I said, that was only the percentage grade on that might have been maybe 3%. It was just continuous for, right. two, for two miles. <laughs> but, yeah, like the steeper uphills, oh, yeah. Like they were, um, they were very handy whenever it came to being able to get up that hill, and you're, you're not using a lot of energy. I mean, I tell you what, though, they work your shoulders out really well yeah. whenever you're running with them. That's for damn sure. I was feeling my shoulders and uh, everything else. You'd be surprised on how hard it is to wind down after a 100-mile race, too. It was, yeah, didn't yeah you actually, it was something else. Didn't you actually pull more than 100 miles? Wasn't it like 102 or something like that or close yeah, to that? Yeah, got, got 101.4 is what I ended up clocking in at. Yeah, I, I think they uh, they lied to us just a little <laughs> bit. So I mean, there ain't really. There ain't. It is what it is. I mean, GPS could be wrong. Yeah. Who knows? Because I know, like over a hundred miles. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the mileage that they would put on the bottom of the some of the the markers to go around would say like they'd be like a mile and something off and it's like well, wow this kind of sucks it was only right in the beginning and then it started getting skewed yeah so it could have been something with garmin could have been something with you know their what? gps whenever they mapped it out who knows but, what, what watch were you using that stayed charged that long or did you well, see, it, hook a battery I to was it using the garmin phoenix 5x is what i was what i was running with so before the race it happens i found like these little flat platform chargers that had a wire coming out of them instead of it plugging directly into the bottom of the garmin this actually like acted as a table the watch just sits on it you could actually the the cord on it was long enough i'll send you a picture of it to describe it and if you want to you know throw it out there or whatever it's fine but yeah um they had a cord that came off at, you know, instead of it being like a 12 to 6, came off at a 9. Or right. it came off at 3 because I wore it on my left wrist. I could actually put my watch back on and plug it into a battery pack that was in my vest where the cord was long enough. Never yeah. even knew it was even on my wrist yeah, I've whenever done that I was before. using it. So, yeah, I was looking at the uh, the Coros watches. Those are supposed to be yeah pretty legit whenever it comes to battery life one of the guys in the final stretches or whatever was talking about his coros and he's like yeah i ran a 14 mile or 14 hour race a couple of weeks ago and i got this watch and only used like 35 percent of my battery life and after 14 hours that's pretty dang impressive yeah that's pretty nice mine would have died for sure yeah, I had to I had to pull my watch out a couple of times. I'd get to a couple of the I get to the aid station and I would wire it up. And the the Phoenixes charge really fast, so it yeah. wasn't like I had to wear it too long. It would be I'd put it on at one aid station and I could take it off at the other aid station. But yeah. it ended up working out. But yeah, that was they, my watch wouldn't have last. But I just wanted to I wanted the data. If you put it on the Heck ultra yeah. track, those data points are. You know, the data points are so skewed because right. 
it only like takes like where you're at like every minute yeah. instead of like every second essentially yeah. but yeah i only had to recharge my watch once so that was that was pretty nice i know because, always... i mean when you're running with it it's still recording but then you know once you took it off it was almost dead uh, whenever i crossed the finish line so it didn't matter then i was right. i was equally as dead then <laughs> so didn't matter I know every time I've done like Killington, I've always wanted to track my heart rate data too. So I'll wear that heart rate strap and that just eats oh, the yeah. power in your watch even faster. But, and I've done what you've said, plug a battery up and just clip the cord on and just keep it on your wrist the whole time. Mm-hmm. Usually yeah, works that, we're, good. we're a bunch of data dorks whenever it yeah. comes to, Hey, what, what was my heart rate going at this one? And yeah. all that, like, it, I just, I wanted the data. I wanted, I don't, like I said, I wanted to learn something about myself because I'm, I'm wanting to maybe run that one again. And there's another hundred miler that I might take a look at in June of next year in Kentucky. If we get past every bit of this pandemic stuff, right? they had to cancel races like five days out and stuff and i was talking to a friend a couple of days ago she flew out to vegas and they canceled the race like five hours before it was supposed to start because of the the government invoking new restrictions on like how many people can gather and all this other crap like it was i would be a little upset yeah i I know she was because she'd been training because we had spoke back and forth and she'd been training hard it was it was a 50k race but to fly out to nevada and then yeah yeah, it ain't going down yeah yeah, i'm looking i'm looking at warhammer that's the name of the the one in june it's going to be a new venue this year going down through uh shell toy trace cumberland falls that area down in kentucky so how long is this is it a hundred mile or two It'll be a hundred miles, also. Yep. Saying uh, it's ran by the same people that put on the brakes race. Next opportunity events. Nice. Um, Michael Wishman, he, he does a really good job on uh, putting on races and so, all that stuff too. So I know you've done yeah. that brakes race uh, a few times, and it's what a forty-five or fifty-mile race, right? For, for forty-five miles with uh, yeah, about close to twelve thousand feet of elevation gain. And yet. And you qualified for the Georgia death race and that's like almost 70 mile race. And you were planning on doing that and that got postponed. So what made you decide to sign up for this, this hundred mile race? I mean, like what gave you the urge to be like, well, well, screw it. I'm just going to try to go do a hundred mile race, you know? Well, originally Georgia death race, I was signed up way before, uh, the a hundred miler came up. Uh, Georgia Death Race was going to be like my my measuring stick. Wasn't it supposed to be in March? Initially, it was supposed to have been the twenty eighth of March this past year, and then uh, we ended up getting it rescheduled. They ended up running it on the same day I ran my hundred mile race. I saw that. Unfortunately, that was like I mean, like of all the weekends, (laughs) you're going to schedule it for the same day that I'm going to do the hundred. So. Yeah, I went from, I wanted to do a 74-mile trail race because it's different whenever you're doing obstacles. Like, you know, I will reference back to Australia in 2018. You know, you're doing obstacles. You're kind of taking a break from yeah. the running and all that. And you're, you're doing just different breaking stuff. the running, yeah. Yeah, just straight running is like a completely different animal. You, yep. you got the obstacles or whatever. You got something to do. Okay, that, that breaks your running stride a little bit. 
but man, just straight running and trekking, it's, it's complete different mindset. It's, it's the most mentally draining thing that I've ever did was this hundred miler this past, uh, uh, this, you know, a couple weeks ago, it was, it, I'm not going to say it was easy. It definitely wasn't easy, but you, you got to go in with the right mindset. And that was the thing, like not one time that Chad and I was like, man, this sucks. Uh, why are we doing this? And, you know, we can question our sanity oh, all that sure. we want to, but I wasn't not one time thinking that like, you know what, I'm not going to make it or anything. And I, you know, you got to have that mindset going in because yeah. once, once the, once the negativity starts to creep in a little bit, your body starts to believe it, and then you start to believe it, and then it's game over. And so, I wasn't going to lose. Uh-uh, I wasn't going to. I've only got one DNF. That's Al's head, and I want to keep it that way. But uh, that wasn't your fault. Accomplish though. everything that I can. But that wasn't your fault. They no, closed not that it down. Al's head. No, uh-uh. I, I raced Al's head the first year they did it in 2016. Right. And that's what. That's what kind of warped my brain because. It was almost like Al's head. I bit off a little more than I could chew. Right. Whenever I did that, and then ever since, it's a new learning experience. I was like, "All right, so I screwed up at Al's head. I know what to do now when I go to Killington." And then yeah. I end up crushing Killington. And yeah, I, I just I miss being out in the OCR world. I yeah, really man, do. It sucks. Like, not having it for a year. I know it's like hey, I'm going to take a break from OCR and all that. Well, we all got to take a break from it. You yeah. know what? I miss it. I, I really, too. really do. Saying trail racing's fun, but it ain't man, the same. It's not the same. It's it's genuinely not. The aid it's, stations are a lot better. Yeah, the aid stations. I, that's are that's the one thing that they nail is the aid stations. But the community's but, not as good. It, it. I would say that it's not as good. It's a different community because most right. people who do trail racing, like just trail racing, they suck at OCR. You know, there's. There's some that there's very few that can nail it on both ends, but you know, like most of the guys that win these OCR races, especially ones that are like hundred miles and all that stuff, I don't know how they'd fare in a. They, I mean, they'd be able to do good at the running, but how how could they do with the obstacles, a bucket carry or you know some kind of heavy carry or you know can they hold their own body weight? Some of them don't even lift weights because yeah, they're they're they want to be able to run really more that, efficient and faster. Yeah. They can run a lot more efficient, but their their muscle mass isn't there either. They're running efficient. I got plenty of table muscle efficiency going on for me. Uh. And I've been nothing but a, a fat tub of shit here over the last couple of weeks. But, yeah, like I said, I, I told myself after running that 100-mile race, though, and you got to. It's kind of like you're you're screwing with your mind, but it's like, yeah, I'm going to gain a pound or two because I just killed myself, essentially. Well, and this year's been one big training block so you know that was my celebration well i don't blame you i don't blame you one bit so when you were running like through the night man you didn't get like those demons in your head saying like man this sucks i'm ready to no. quit never happened uh-uh. a- absolutely not man actually i enjoyed running at night more than i did during the day because it was actually a tick too warm during the day it got up into the lower 70s and uh yeah there was uh, a real bad nap problem too whenever we got to uh conard the first time that was uh we were 26 miles in as soon as we rolled up in the conard the the gnats just swarmed you and i got in and out real fast just because i 
was getting eat up alive. Then next time you ask Chad, just ask him how the, the welts on the backs of my arms and my legs look, man. I don't know what it is, but gnats love me. Well, I'm, I'm a I'm a delicacy to those things. But it's because you're so they were sweet. terrible. <laughs> yeah, running at night though, loved it. I loved running at night. The only thing well, I like Ragnar. Oh, uh, Ragnar? Yeah, I like yeah, running Ragnar's at night at yeah, Ragnars are so fun. I, I really want to do another one of those. Yeah. those. Those are about the perfect distance for something like that. You get the break, but it's a completely different world too. On yeah. how to, you know, hey, I I gotta go to sleep, but I gotta run for you know an hour after doing it not too long ago, and you know it, the running at night part I love. I loved running at night, but yeah, running down next to the river, going back after we hit Cunard the second time. Yeah. Yeah, that that river just has its own little atmosphere down there. Like I said, it was frosty. My hands were froze off. That was another long uh, seven mile stretch. I'm sure to uh, go back to the well. Actually, that aid station you only utilized one time, and uh, it was like the there's like a little beach that Ace has real close to before you go back up on the mountain and all that. Once you got up on the mountain, it was fine. But man, down next to that river, and it was about 35 degrees, and that river made it a little bit colder down there. I yeah, there was, was frost all over the leaves and stuff going down there because it was right at dawn. And you could see it on there. It wasn't like it was bright, and uh, getting the sun to try to warm up was a little hard to do. But yeah, then then it got up there, and you're the last five miles, man. That wasn't no demons, but the, I did start seeing things hallucinating <laughs> a little bit. It's like it was sleep deprivation, and it's just a different world, man. Whenever you've been doing nothing but running for, I mean, I thought twenty four was fine, and I got up to about twenty eight. Yeah, that was that last four miles was a long four miles. Yeah. Because, I mean, you run right past where the finish line is, and then you got to go through this maze of trails that's back up on the mountain before you, you can run saying, down and cross. And you were probably saying, oh, I only got 70 more miles to go. <laughs> yeah, at certain points, that's what it was. It was like, eh, it felt like 70 miles. But, yeah, that last four, yeah, that was... It was, it was something else, especially some of the shadows that the sun was a casting off or whatever. I thought I was running off the trail and I was actually running toward the hill. And yeah, yeah like I was just, I was just tired at right. the end. Just wanted to rest. But yeah, like when Dean Carnassus said that he started hallucinating, but that, that dude ran like 80 hours straight. Yeah. In fact, he, he's just a freak of nature, yeah, but man. To, to, to say that you start hallucinating or whatever, it's real. It's really real. Do you I, think, I still do it again, though. Do you think that you'd have been able to do it as, as easily if you wouldn't have had like, somebody running with you, with Chad there? That's the thing. Like I'm sure that made the time it, go by. It does. It does make the time go by. I mean, like even the guy who was in first place picked up his he, – he, he had a pacer at mile 55. And I, I could see running at night by yourself yeah. really sucking. Like, right. you know, because you, you don't have anybody to talk to. And it just seems like the miles might go by a little slower. Right. But, yeah, like, even the guy who crushed it, uh, he ends up, like, his backstory was he's, like, the cross, like a assistant cross-country coach at uh, Marshall. Dude ran it in, like, 18 and a half hours. Jesus like, Christ. That, that, um... 
That's quick. That eight station that I was telling you we had to drop off those keychains at to prove that we went out to Long Point Rock. Yeah. Yeah, he was coming back through there as we were just getting there. Wow. Like, and he was motoring. He was motoring. But he had a pacer with him. So, I mean, like, even... I could see it really sucking if you were by yourself. I really do. I, I think it, I think it, there is like a, a psychological element of just having somebody there just to shoot the shit with right. whenever you're running through the woods at night. And like there was actual people at the uh, Amstead, the the 55 mile point, the the turnarounds, and they were like uh, just random people. It's like, hey, you need a pacer or anything like that. Wow, I mean, that's pretty cool. Even. Yeah, just people just wanted to be a part of it. And, uh, yeah, like if I didn't have Chad, I might consider having somebody, even though I don't know him or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, why not run with them during the night? It definitely make the time go by faster. Because you could actually drop those pacers off at the, the Cunard Aid Station if you wanted to. Right. So you would have at least somebody to run that 27 miles with. And that was a, a good bulk of the night. By the time we got to Amstead, I'm wanting to say it was around like 11 p.m., something like that. So when we turned around and went back to Conard, it was almost 7 whenever we got there. It was about 6.30. And that was the bulk of the night was running every bit of that. Like It was it was an experience, man. I'm telling you, you if you ever have a hankering to want to do one... I gotta yeah, do a 50 I, I, mile I, I, first. I'm gonna do a 50 miler before I do a 100. I mean, it just makes good sense. <laughs> I feel you. I mean, and I could, I, I can respect that wholeheartedly. Training for a 50 miler, yeah. Uh, go for it, man. I know the I, last 50k I did, I was, and it was just a trail race, or and I was thinking the whole time, I was like, yeah, I don't want no more distance than this right here. <laughs> yeah. If you want a good 50-mile uh, race to go run, um, do the uh, try to do Infinitus in Vermont. I mean, it's up uh, really close to where um, Killington is. It's a little north of Rutland. Yeah. It's, it's an 88K, so it's, it's 54.6 miles. That would be a, a, a nice little one to do. You just do, you do two laps of this. The race course goes into a figure eight. Right. And, um, yeah, that's why they have an 88K and 8K, and they, they start at 808 in the morning and all hmm. this other stuff. Like, it, it, there's something with the A's, but that's how the, the race course is. That, yeah, that cool. would be a, a good one. You get about, I think it's somewhere around 10,000 feet of elevation gain, so nothing super-duper steep or whatever. Right. It's spread out pretty good over 55 miles. So that would be a good one to look into, Endurance Society. They, yeah. they, they put on a good show. Yeah, I know I like their logos that they put on the medals. It's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, the, 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 the skull and all yeah. that, the skeleton. Cool. Yeah, I love that hat that they custom make and they give to you and all that. I, I, I wear that all over the place. Yeah. It's a very nice hat. So, so yeah, 50 <clears throat> miles, go for it, man. So, Jason, like, how did you decide – what your fueling was going to be and like how close were the aid stations, you know, like how much were you toting on with you, you know, while you was running this race? So, um, and you were I wearing a vest. Did. You said that, right? Yeah, I was wearing a vest. Um, I had a two twenty ounce flasks with me, um, for the first 26 miles. Also, as far as fueling goes, uh, I had a handheld with me. Uh, so that that was good to have during part of the daytime section just because of it being a little warmer and sweating and all that. But I dropped that bottle off 
when I picked up my trek poles. And uh, fuel, I used uh, the frog fuels uh, every couple of hours. Those I used down in Australia, and I got really good results with those. Man, they were giving those things away at Savage, dude. And I tried them, and it was like the ones that had protein in it. Man, they they were not good to me. I, I, I mean, I could really? I could use them, but they just it wasn't like the the taste. I mean, it just tasted like a cough syrup to me, kind of. Yeah, uh, uh, was it now? Was it the Frog Fuel Ultra or just a regular Frog Fuel? I'm not sure. It had protein yeah. in it, so I don't know if it was like a running. Yeah, the ones I use actually have protein in it too, but it has more of like a, a citrusy flavor to it. The one mm. that I use, I don't. I know there's multiple ones. There's one that's like in a a white packet. The ones I was using like were kind of like in a blue packet. Right. So, but yeah, my, those had the protein in them, but they had like the beta alanine and yeah. all that to keep your your blood vessels engorged to where you know you don't really, you know, you just get better blood flow through your shit, so you don't cramp up and all that. That's one right thing on. I never dealt with, Scotty, was cramps. Then have the first cramp during the whole race. But yeah, um, I took a page out of Ryan Atkins' book. Um, I fueled with uh, maple syrup during the race. Maple syrup and uh, just water. Just made it into a maple-flavored water. Used that. I would just top it off um, at each aid station to kind of dilute it a little bit more. I'd right. fill up like maybe half of one bottle with maple syrup. And there was two drop bags, so I could strategically say, all right, I can hit this one at this time, and mm. this is how I'm going to refuel my maple syrup before I you know, put any more water into it. So I did that four times during the race, and uh, yeah, just some cliff bars. The aid stations were spaced out pretty good. They were a good five, six miles apart minimum. Most of them were around seven miles apart. That's not too bad. Uh, It's not too bad, but I mean, when you're going at a pace that... lost you there for a second. Yeah, I know. I I could hear you, and I was like, hey, can you hear me? And yeah. (laughs) It's all good, man. Oh, where was it? It happens. Eh, you know, is what it is. Hey, we're, but we're back, though. We yeah. have the combination. You were talking about your drop bags. Yeah, the drop bags, you you could use, you can actually use up to three drop bags if you wanted to. There was one place where you can have a drop bag, and it was only like four miles into the race, and I'm you know, like, why would I want to have a drop bag four miles into the race? Yeah. So I never utilized that one. <clears throat> but the, the Cunard Aid Station... Uh, that was at mile 26 and 83, mm-hmm. and then we did the one underneath the bridge. That one was a little bit closer as far as um, mile 48 and mile 62. After you did that one, it was just that Amstead and back. And, yeah, that's where I did, like, my maple syrup refills. Hmm. Um, made sure, uh, yeah, not one cramp did I experience. I took a couple of salt taps, uh yeah. That I supplemented with some cliff bars, um, you know, like normal trail food, something easier to chew, all that. Uh, but yeah, the, the mashed potatoes, those were really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, too, that I, I did whenever I got down to where the bridge was the first time, I changed shoes and socks what and shoes were you wearing my feet i, I wore the uh, hoka speed goat fours right so um i changed those i got had two pairs of them so utilize that 
but yeah, the uh, the relubing of the feet midway was that was beneficial. I didn't have not one blister, that was so my that next was really question. nice. Yeah, no so blisters. What did no you cramps. use? What did you use to lube your feet with? Just Vaseline or something? No, Vaseline will actually. Uh, Vaseline's good, but if you're getting your feet wet and all that other crap, yeah. like. You, your body starts to take on like moisture and crap with the Vaseline after a while, and it's it really softens the skin up. I was using the Brave Soldier Friction Guard right on my feet. But yeah, I was real generous with that, and uh, yeah, I wore my Ingenji trail socks. So I, I did like a base layer trail sock, and then like a midweight trail. Yeah, it worked out really good. No cramps, no blisters. Quads were a little sore. I took a couple of ibuprofen to cure that problem. Right. Um, outside of that, man, um, yeah, the the fuel I just ate at the aid stations. Between the fruit, I had some chicken noodle soup at the midway point that Chad's wife was. Me, I thought that was really good. Heck yeah. Uh, with the noodles, and then you got the sodium from the broth and all that. Yeah, you talk about wolfing something down 48 <laughs> miles into a race. It didn't last long. And Chad's eating sandwiches and <laughs> all that. And I was like, I don't see how you do that. I have a hard enough time trying to eat in the first place, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, chicken noodle soup went down really well. But, yeah, man, the biggest thing was just make sure I drank enough water and you definitely got to make stay on top of your calories right whenever you're doing that if you don't stay on top of your calories there was one point about 40 miles in i felt kind of bonky and um yeah i ate a little bit it took me about eh, maybe about seven to ten minutes to break out of that funk and i was able to you know get back on you know to where i didn't feel like crap but yeah i felt kind of bonky See, I, I, had to, I had to pull off to take a leak, and then I just kind of felt a little woozy, and I'm like, maybe I'm not eating enough. Yeah. How often were that. you eating? About once every 45 minutes? Yeah, I, I mean, eight stations, I would eat a little extra. Right. But then, like, you'd eat something, you know, like a, a cliff bar or something like that, just to try to stay ahead of it. Yeah. But yeah, like it was, it was rather difficult. I had, I had some, some honey stinger stuff that I always carry during races and all that too, to try to stay on top of the calories. The maple syrup though, that worked out great. Cause I mean, it's maple syrup and you don't need a lot of it to get a lot of calories and your body can just, it fires your system up really good. So that I recommend that as far as like a liquid fuel, cause mm. I don't know how other people are, but. After a while, dude, I, I just, I can't eat after a while in a race. I mean, I'm, I'm force-feeding myself, so right. I don't kill over. Right. So, you know, you had you knew this race was coming up, and, I mean, you're not a big, like, weekly mileage runner, you know, and, like, what were you doing, like, in training, you know, every week coming up to this to get ready? Like, I mean, what I mean, what was your plan going into this for training, you know? I was doing at one point. I was doing like the uh, the ten miles a day uh, every day. I was trying to take a page out of Chad's book. He did um, ten miles a day for thirty straight days. I so I that. started doing that. My long my my longest weekly uh, volume was seventy four miles. Oh wow! The whole thing. Yeah, I actually got up to seventy four miles one week, and then 
my body, I just felt like, wow, uh, too much feeling like crap. So I kind of dialed it back a little bit. Cause it wasn't like I was doing like the 10 minute, uh, the, the 10 miles hard. Cause I would do like one at a, a good pace. And then like the next day I would just kind of go easy. Yeah. Then I started utilizing that, um, that 80, 20 rule and just to get some mileage in to where I made my hard workouts hard and, my easy runs easy. So right. I, I, I did started doing that and I was up at around like the 40 to 50 mile range for a while. And then there was gentlemen that, um, crushed Chad and me in the very first year. He didn't run the brakes race this year, but, um, he had ran the no business 100 last year and that's when he smoked the brakes race and ran a sub 10 hour brakes race, which is wow. insane. That's yeah, quick. ran ran nine twenty two. Wow. But he had been training for no business. Said he was in the best shape of his life. Mm. And what's funny was he came over and everybody's masked up or whatever. And like, I guess he remembered me from the races and all that. He's like, "You're one of the few people that's only ran this all three years. Um, what uh, what year is your favorite year so far that you run?" And I actually was like, you know, I think it was the first year when my buddy Chad and I were chasing trying to chase down scott buzzer i mean like he, he's a stud racer had no clue it was him i'm behind the mask he's like oh that's me <laughs> and then he, he told me he was like i ran the no business he ran no business in like 19 hours so he, wow. he can run and he's like 52 years old stud run 52 years old crushing it but he said the he told me he's like just make sure you, you, you taper is a little bit longer. I, I'd say double it, and the last 20 miles are going to hurt. Mm. And you know what? The last 20 miles hurt, <laughs> and I did taper for the extra couple of weeks leading up to the race. And, you know, I don't know if that super-duper helped me by tapering that much, but I finished my first 100-miler on my first try, and I can't hey. complain about that one bit, brother. Yeah. I mean, and you said you wasn't hurting too bad, just some quad pain and some pain in your glutes. So, I mean, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. I will say, though, it's hard to wind down after that. I only slept for like three hours, and then I kind of moved around a little bit, and everything was nice and stiff. And it woke me up, and I swear I felt like somebody had dumped sand in my eyes, that my eyes were so dry. Huh. Probably from keeping them open so long. Oh, yeah. That's definitely what it was. Then we ate and blacked back out for a couple more hours and then woke up again and ate. <laughs> it's like 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I'm going to go sit in the tub, poured some Epsom salt in the tub, and just sat in there for about 20 minutes just to kind of loosen up a little bit. That helped a whole lot mm. to get me going to where it wound me down. And Yeah, the next day wasn't that bad. I mean, I, I didn't feel like that I was struggling. I, I made the executive decision not to head back to Pennsylvania so quickly. So That's I took an smart. extra day off from work and drove. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, no doubt it was smart. Hmm. Uh, I don't think it was a great idea to be like, yeah, I'm going to run all night and then just drive back to PA. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have lasted six hours in the car. I'd be pulling over every Sleeping. two hours yeah. to try to get some rest. So, yeah, Chad stayed, too. I talked to him in the stand because he and his wife were going to go back, too. And I'm like, dude, just you don't want to be in a car right now. Just yeah, you'd been stove up when you'd got back. Oh, yeah. 
without a doubt. So, yeah, the the ride home wasn't bad, but yeah, taking that extra day was uh, very key. Also, just just take an extra day off from work if you're planning on running a hundred mile race. Saying Monday suck as it is, saying you don't want it to uberly suck and you're half dead after running a hundred mile race from the weekend because more than likely you're going to be running for a solid day minimum unless you're one of those stud runners that can knock it out in 18 19 hours yeah, right. but i'm not that stud runner i mean i think the the guy who won rim to river was only like i think he's like 27 years old so he's a young pup and he's got plenty of good years ahead of him i'm in my twilight and i'm just happy to be there anymore and at least semi-compete which you know i, I saw my placements i ended up in 90th place overall Hey, first one around, I wasn't really worried about placements. I, yeah, I, I just wouldn't wanted either. to survive. Yeah, that was Survival, finished. that was the big thing. So did you have like a pacing plan in place, or was it just one of those things, we're just going to do a slow jog and just try to keep moving the whole time? That's what it was. Uh, you're That's exactly right. It was, you know, we did, we're, the first 20 miles, we were on actually like an 11-minute pace which was a little too hot for me. I mean, it ended up being a little too hot for Chad also, turned out. I wanted to run, because, I mean, 100 miles spread out over 24. If you wanted to finish sub-24, it's only like, I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's like a 14-minute, 20-second pace. Right. That doesn't sound very fast. Yeah, but once you get some inclination and I oh, mean, yeah. technical terrain, it'll get to 14 quick. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then running at night and, oh, you yeah. know, making sure your footing's good and, the stops. and all that stuff. Oh yeah. There's so many elements that you, you, you just can't plan for, which the race ended up having, it was, I got over 10,000 feet of elevation gain. I was almost disappointed because I was talking to Chad. It's not bad for a hundred miles though. Really? No, not bad for a hundred miles at all. I told Chad, I was like, man, I won't be mad if we don't break 10 K. <laughs> I think we were somewhere uh, at like mile 90. And uh, we hadn't even broke 9,000 feet yet. And then all of a sudden, it jumped right up to 10,000 feet. I was like, well, I can't be mad now. Yeah. So I, I got what I wanted. But, yeah, I at least to, to have that, that 100 feet per mile average, I, I want. I definitely wanted that in the race. Right. I mean, I, I saw some 100-milers. They don't even break at the 10,000. They barely break, like, 7,000, mm-hmm. which is still respectable. But... I don't know. Just give me that triple digits for the uh, inclines also. But eh, it, it made the race a little fun. I, it got to, to the point to where, like, running some of those straight stretches and using, like, same muscle groups, yeah. that's when it starts to hurt. That's when it There's starts to hurt. Exactly. I'd rather have the ups and downs to break up the stagnant running form. Exactly. And that was that one section that I was telling you about between whatever – uh, we uh, ran from Connor to go back uh, across the creek and back toward the campsites. Like, going out wasn't as bad because, I mean, you're a little fresher. But, man, coming back, it was like, let's let's try to jog for 20 seconds and then walk for 20 seconds and just, like, yeah. kind of keep doing that to just mix it up just right. a little bit because that stretch is so long. And, yeah, you're just using the same muscle group, and it's like – Shit, I gotta get myself a rest somehow. Yeah, that's the way that that Blue Ridge Ultra that we did um, about a month ago. Like the first fifteen miles of the race were like great, you know. The the trails were just great, you know, man. Ups and downs in the woods, and they were technical. 
you know, and then at 15 miles, you hit the service road, and I didn't know how long the service road was. I was just like, man, I hope this is over soon. And it lasted for like, it was either 10 or 11 miles before we Holy got cow. back on a trail to get back to the, you know, the finish line. So, yeah, I was like, this is awful, you know, because at 15 miles, that's when you're starting to get the mild aches anyway. And then you get into that stagnant running form and it sucked. I was starting to hurt and I was like, I'm ready to get off this road. (laughs) I mean, that's that's how it goes, man. We felt that way going out. It's like, man, how far is it till we get off the Connor and all this other stuff? But, yeah, it was it, it, it was more crappier going back in than it was going out granted i mean at least the bugs didn't bother us until we got out to where the aid station was then they got really bad so coming back and them not being there that was a a blessing in disguise but i mean it's five o'clock in the morning also whenever we're hitting that aid station but there was the stagnant running i'm with you let's mix it up a little bit but you're running races like that i mean you're going to run into a place where you're Oh, yeah. In that never-ending mode of when the hell is this going to end? Yeah, and I understand they got to add in service roads to get the start and finish lines to you know add up and to get to the trail and then I understand they got to do. Oh that. yeah, we had we had a couple of sections that were road running, dude. Yeah, like it was like the 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 one little part that you go out to at Thurman. There was I say a good three miles of road running. It was a, a mile and a half each way. But, you know, I wasn't trying to go super hard on the road by no means, which that was earlier in the race, so it didn't really hurt. But the the road running going down the hill at Conard at night, that kind of hurt a little bit. Because, I mean, you're already aching enough, and my quads were already screaming at me yeah. a little bit before I took that ibuprofen. So, and you, that's referring back to whenever we were talking about the – losing your time and that uh, average goes up a little bit if you yeah. can't run the downs that really adds the time in because that's whenever you're supposed to be able to make up time right. is running downs mm-hmm. or at least being able to jog on downs mm-hmm. so ducky what advice would you give to somebody that was gonna you know say try to do their first hundred mile race now that you've done one what would you tell somebody well my, my, my first question would be how far have you went before and you know if you've did a race that's 45 50 miles if not more yeah just stay in that mindset and be prepared for double that you got to be in a really really good mindset the entire race there weren't that many um uh dnfers for the uh the race for this being the first year they ever ran it out of the 197 that started the race they had 139 finishers brother wow like i was really surprised at the finisher rates like people were they were jazzed they were ready to go like there was a couple of people like when we were on our way back up from underneath the bridge they were only waiting for three people to uh make the the first cutoff wow down there at the bridge and we passed two of them the 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 one we didn't see now if they finished or not i don't know but people were they were moving it just depends man i would say yeah just prepare yourself go out on just super long hikes that was one thing that i did during the summer whenever it was nice and you can get outside was 
hit the AT on the regular and mm. just doing different stuff, trying different things, figuring out what works for you and just to be prepared to be on your feet for an extremely long time. Don't spend too much time at the aid stations. Um, I mean, like we took a couple of uh, aid stations to where it was a little bit longer, but that was it was all business. There wasn't any just sitting around and just, you know, resting. It was you're either eating, changing shoes, putting different socks on, right. this, that. There's be all business whenever it comes to the aid stations. Yeah, rest at the same time, but continue to keep keep your mind where it needs to be and don't ever once say i can't do this while you're out there i can't two worst words that anybody can say to themselves when they're out there but yeah just i'm on feet just if you're out on a trail for 12 hours just hiking that's beneficial as hell it's more beneficial than what people would think even if you're not putting in a ton of effort whenever you're going on those long slogs like that it'll help you get through the parts of the race whenever it is a slog. Right. Jason, man, that's cool, man. That's all I got, man. Is there anything else you want to add to this? No, man. I, I miss the hell out of you guys. I, I miss the hell out of everybody in the community. If you are uh, listening to this, saying I hope to see everybody next year once we get past all this pandemic crap. Um, I might make a special guest appearance at Savage to hang out. But I ain't racing. But to hang out, there's some people that I hang out with that you know, Scotty. That yeah, oh yeah. you know they're going down to race, and I might go. I might not go. Just depends on how I feel. Outside of that, man, I'm just going to celebrate this weekend. I age on Saturday, so I'm going to have me a bourbon, and <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm going to have a I have a fun weekend. What savage Santa. you talking about going to the Charlotte Savage? Yeah, are they still doing that one? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was the one that uh, Mr. Rodney Wallace and uh, Brian Clark are going to. A couple right of people on. that I'm real close to. My they're my my Tahoe 2016 crew. Tell right. you, man, if you were if you if you would have came to that house, you'd be hanging out with everybody uh, still from that house because it's so, it was such a badass house, such a good time. But yeah, I was thinking about maybe riding down there just to see everybody that I hadn't seen in a while. I I, that's the one thing is I just I miss everybody. That's I, me, man. And uh, and seeing all those pictures from the Carolina Ultra from last year, man, it was just oh, that was an awesome race. Where there was a lot of hangout time with friends there and. Just all of us on the starting line, you know, shooting shit. That was just, that was that a was pretty a dope weekend, man. And it was a good it time. Was. It was. As shitty of a. We were sitting in the cars hanging out because it was pouring down rain after the race. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's because I just didn't want to get wet. And then you're walking through the <laughs> lot and just your feet are just getting soaked at the same time. I know. I yeah, think I was like one of the only people good. that brought an umbrella to that race. I was walking around the venue with an umbrella. Everybody else was getting their ass soaked. <laughs> yeah, we we were soaked enough. That's for damn sure. But yeah. yeah, that was that was that was an awesome time. That that that'll that'll forever live in my memory banks. Is one of my top five races of all time. Oh, absolutely, so, man. Would have been a great time. But it yeah, was, man, uh, we we all definitely got to get together soon. I mean, regardless yeah, if it's going out on a trail or doing something yeah we uh we need to break the uh, streak of not seeing each other for sure. sure well i'm hoping palmerton will happen in the summer for sure 
Hey man, I, I got room for you. I just uh, bought a house at the end of the month, so oh, I yeah? got extra room if you want to come up and not have to worry about spending money on a spot. About thirty minutes from the venue. Right on. I'm down with that. I got a room book, but I can cancel it. <laughs> there you go. Well, hey Ducky, <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, man. Hey brother, you know I love you, man. I'll do this anytime you want to talk, brother. Hell yeah, bro. We'll talk to you later. All right, stud. Have a good one. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Jason again for taking time to do that. And hope you're all planning your first 100-mile trail race after listening to this. Because I know I am. Probably not going to run 100 miles. Nope. Anyway, there is no new reviews right now. If you want me to read a review, you're going to have to leave a review. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and uh, I will be at the Dirty Spokes race on December the 5th. It's the last one in the trail series. Michael will not be there because he is running the 50K at Cloudland Canyon that weekend, so if you see him up there, make sure you punch him in the face. Uh, That's all I got. I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Seeing all the Carolina Ultra pictures come up in the Facebook memories feed is really made me think about what I'm thankful for and uh I'm thankful for OCR and all the memories that I've made in the past few years I want to say that the memories and the friends that I've made in this community have been great and uh I've met my girlfriend through it and I love her to pieces and uh I'm just thankful for all that and just you know we really need to I think it at this point crazy time we're in it just helps to really just sit back and think about all the stuff that we're thankful for think about all the good don't think about the bad you know always be glass half full you know and just uh enjoy your thanksgiving everybody and uh we'll see you next race later